0: 8, 2019, this is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. This is the first of a set of three podcast episodes that we will feature Student Veteran of of America's Student Veteran of the Year finalists. I sat down with three groups of them, little roundtable discussions. We talk about wins they had in 2018, challenges they faced with outreach, how to get student veterans to participate in activities, and a number of other things surrounding best practices for student veteran chapters and SVA chapters at universities. Today, we will feature Wesley Wilson, Katherine Pratt, and David Cote. Enjoy. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II.
1: I served in Afghanistan.
0: And VA serves us all. No matter when you served.
1: No matter if you saw combat or not.
0: There are benefits for veterans of every generation.
1: See what VA can do for you.
0: To learn what
2: benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov.
0: All right, very well. We're here with three of the ten, right? There's ten Student Veteran of the Year finalists. Um, it's pretty incredible. Let me tell you, I've uh, I've read some of your bios. Uh, I got to talk to the class of 2018 last year, and uh, I, I'm, it just blows me away at how how much um, value student veterans are bringing to their campuses and their community each year. Um, we're just going to go around the horn. Uh, I need um, your branch of service, Your uh, the school you're going to, uh, your year, your position, and in, in your chapter there, Wes. We'll start you, or and name as well. <laughs> people don't yeah, know what I mean, I'm talking about. Talking to know. yeah, name <laughs> probably
3: important too. Wes, go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is uh, Wesley Wilson. I'm from Lexington, South Carolina. Uh, I served in the Army from 2012 to 2017 as a military police officer. Got out. Found my way to Fordham University and really got involved in the student student veteran chapter there and I took over as president of the Fordham Veterans Association in April of this last year. It's been a, it's been a great ride.
0: Okay. What year did you say you were in?
3: I'm a, I'm a senior studying organizational leadership. I graduate this spring.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Kat?
1: Uh, my name is Katherine Pratt. I'm a uh, PhD candidate in electrical and computer engineering at the University of Washington in Seattle. Um, I was an officer in the Air Force from 2008 to 2012. Um, and I have formerly been the treasurer, vice president and president of Husky Veterans at the University of Washington.
0: Very cool. Dave. Tough act to follow, OK.
2: Dave Cote, Boston College. I am an MBA student. I graduate this spring. um, May 2019 is coming up fast. I served as an officer in the US Marine Corps for 15 years active. And I'm a drilling reservist now in Massachusetts. Um, and I serve as the president of our newly formed two year old SVO at Boston College.
0: Very well, Boston College just two years ago, huh? Yeah, that's really surprises me,
2: but we've done well in a short time. Yeah, a lot of opportunity there to grow it. Yeah,
0: absolutely, exactly right. Um, so you're getting your MBA, correct? Sorry, are you using GI Bill benefits? Sure am. Did you have Did you have a degree going into this, or yes. okay? Yeah, so
2: this is my second master's degree. Uh, I got my first as an active duty Marine officer at the Naval Postgraduate School, in Monterey, California. Um, but thankfully, BC participates in the Yellow Ribbon Program. I'm, I have full eligibility for GI Bill, and then they uh, uh, kicked in some scholarship money too. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's 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 uh, that's incredible. Uh, Semper Fi, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Um, there used to be a, a marine that did communications here for SVA, and every year at NatCon, Jared Lyon would always make a crayons joke. He'd be like, "We always keep the fridge stocked with crayons for Barrett." And uh, but now Barrett's not here anymore, so that oh, joke yeah, is Barrett, yeah. yeah, so that joke is no <laughs> longer used. Uh, so that's a that's a thing of NatCon past. Um, all right, we're gonna start. We're gonna go back around the other way. Starting you with you, Dave. Um, let, let's talk about a big win that your uh, that your chapter had this past year. Um, and you you know be you know, feel free to talk about any challenges you had on getting there, or yeah. um, you know the real value that came in after after you accomplished that.
2: Definitely, we definitely stand on the shoulders of my predecessor, and, who was really this founding president of our SVO chapter, uh, who since graduated doing great things with his MBA here at BC. Uh, we are proud of bringing to the attention of the administrators at BC the office of the executive vice president. Uh, our intention to, to uh, elevate awareness for veterans issues. And so what we did is we wrote a charter and we're really proud of this accomplishment because uh, it involves departments and divisions from across Boston College, not just an SVO chapter and, and the veterans, student veterans, but uh, administrators from admissions and, and athletics and uh, uh, an equal opportunity diversity office uh, to bring attention to the total Student veteran experience, but also the veterans who are uh, employees of Boston College too, to to uh, enhance their experience We're really proud of that.
0: Yeah, what, what made you choose Boston College?
2: So uh, we were talking before uh, with Wes uh, strong Jesuit Catholic Tradition of service and education. We were talking about how uh, the founding uh, Saint Saint Ignatius Loyola was in, indeed Uh, a soldier before he was injured and then uh and then uh pursued education so we're living that legacy right now uh, a couple folks here on this podcast but um my father graduated uh, bc in 1968 uh he served in the peace corps uh instead of 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 vietnam at that time and uh, and i went and served in a different corps the marine corps and so I'm proud of that legacy. My, my brother, Steve, graduated BC, undergrad, grad. And okay. so it's in our blood.
0: Yeah, very cool. Uh, Kat, what made you choose UW? <laughs>
1: um, so I chose it because it's where uh, my husband has a job. So my husband works just south of Seattle. And when I separated from the Air Force, I was like, well... I'm going to go to school. This is a really good one in the area. Um, But I say that slightly flippantly because the University of Washington has a fantastic neural engineering program. Um, We have It's now the Center for Neurotechnology, formerly the Center for Sensory Motor Neural Engineering. And it is a uh, multi-university research group funded by the NSF dedicated to um, neural engineering and research. So um, brain-computer interfaces, the ethics they're in, et cetera, et cetera. So I ended up in the electrical engineering department because that sort of was the home for neural engineering when I got there.
0: Very cool. And get, tell us about a big win you guys had in 2018.
1: Okay, so we combined with our um, Office of Student Veteran Life, uh, we put on um, a Memorial Day event every year. And so um, the very first year we did it, um, we put out as many flags as we could. Um, in the past years, we tried to put out the number of flags for those killed in action in Iraq and Afghanistan. We did, um, one flag for every 10 killed in Vietnam. And this past year, um, it was slightly controversial, but we decided to do um, flags for um, veterans who um, committed suicide to raise awareness for veteran suicide. And there were some people who were really not happy with that, but if we're gonna talk about what it means to be a veteran, we have to talk about the mental health issues that come along with it to sort of get rid of that stigma so that we can actually have these conversations and and save some lives because we have had um, veteran suicides on our campus. So it's sadly something that um, I've had to deal with as a a chapter president and as a member of the student veteran body. And if we could never have to do that again, I would be very, very happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's... um you know, we, we get a lot of uh, chapters that, um, you know, that, that talk about the struggle of um, of of mental health on campus because there's some there's some student veterans and we'll talk about outreach in a second. But there's some student veterans that get to campus and they don't want anything to do with the, the veteran uh, group on campus. And so it's difficult to stay connected and stay, um, you know, stay aware of sort of what the what the veterans on campus are experiencing. Um, Wes, why, why Fordham?
3: Yeah, so it's a it's a really funny story. I, again, I don't have any any background in Catholicism or, or the Je- or Society of Jesus, but uh, basically in high school I had a 1.6 GPA. I was, you know, wasn't doing very well. It's you know completely failing out, and uh, you know I ended up going through ended up going through the foster care system and, and, and inevitably joining joining the army. Um, and while I was in the army, I was going to school full time. Uh, you know, trying to you know you know use up that burn up that TA. And then while I was, you know, I maintained a pretty good GPA. I had like a 3.78, and I realized, hey, man, I'm, I'm not as stupid as I thought I was. So I was like, I really want to go to a top-tier school, you know? It'd be kind of cool, like, I come from a trailer park, you know? I'm going to go to, like, i want to go to Columbia or NYU or something like that. So I was stationed at West Point, uh, started looking at schools, and uh, went to NYU and Columbia first. Uh, unfortunately, my, uh, my tuition wasn't covered fully. Um, on, you know, their Yellow Ribbon programs didn't cover it all. Found my way to Fordham, and... Not only was it, it was covered and everything, but then, again, as we were talking earlier, uh, those Jesuit uh, ideals and, and the values, they really, uh, and as you interact on campus, they really live those values. And um, there was just a congruence between who I was, you know, another top-tier school, hit every box that I wanted, and I found my way to Fordham. I absolutely love it.
0: Very cool. And tell us about that big win you guys had this year.
3: Yeah, so the my big win actually would make it seem like uh, Fordham isn't as, as good as it as I just made it out to be. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, this probably wasn't our biggest challenge, but to me it was the, it was my most fulfilling win. Um, most of our veterans are housed at the professional school, and it's really a common narrative for those top tier schools where uh, veterans they they get a they get a different pipeline. They go to like a school of general studies or professional school, and basically what would hap- what was what was happening is that the the School of Professional Continuous Studies was they weren't going to participate in commencement. They weren't going to have the same graduation procedures. Uh, commencement is is on a Saturday and it's this huge, big spectacle. And they weren't going to participate in that. So what we did is we created an online petition and we said, hey, we we we, we met with the administrators and said, hey, 62% of veterans are first generation college students. This isn't a this isn't a piece of paper to them. This is a, a transcendence of their entire family lineage. So and, I mean, what's great is is that they listened to us. They completely altered all the graduation procedures. Pursued, like, they, they moved the professional school to participate in commencement. And not only that, and that's all I asked for, but not only that, the, the president of Fordham University himself personally delivered uh, all of the diplomas to the graduating veterans. So uh, that was something we were able to do, and um, I'm extremely proud of it.
0: Very cool. One of the things that every every um, student veteran group has a, a challenge with um, is outreach, right? And and um, in two in you know in two ways. And we'll we'll go, we'll, we'll uh, go one by one here. The first, of course, being how do you let people know that there is a group and that they should be a part of it. And then the second part is once they're a part of it, how do you get them to actually commit to participate in things? Uh, Kat, we'll we'll start with you. Um, what has been your outreach efforts look like? And what are some of the more successful ways that you have found to bring in Veterans that are maybe new to campus or unaware of the group or maybe even even shy of joining the group, how are you getting them into the group?
1: Okay. Can I answer this question as a broader yep. veteran population? Okay. Yep. So this is something that I'm incredibly proud of. So I will preface this with when I left the military, I was like, I am not a veteran. I am just someone who served in the military. My dad, who's a 20-year retired Air Force colonel, he's the veteran. Yeah. Um, and it took me several years, and also looking up the official reg definition of what veteran is, to say that I could. Oh, I can check this box in my graduate applications. And so there's um, there's this narrative that a lot of times women don't self-identify as veteran, um, or um, people who were discharged in Odessa not tell you know there's this this narrative of people who don't want to associate with it. And so on our campus, you'll find that a lot of the people that come to the Student Veterans Center tend to be the more, you know, stereotypical veteran types, you know, a lot of white dudes, and, you know, uh, we try to make it as well. White guy as awesome. with
0: beard with 5'11", pants, and a hat.
1: Wait, how do you know all <laughs> these people? No. Um, the <laughs> and so, you know, at the University of Washington, over 50% of veterans are graduate students, um, and we actually, I think someone said Washington is, like, top three veterans top three po- veteran population in the country. So we have a, a high density of veterans. And so um, my friends, Lindsay Church and I, um, sort of out of what actually got me involved in the veteran space, which was a diversity committee within the SVA chapter, uh, we started our own nonprofit, uh, Minority of Veterans of America. And uh, we now have, I think, north of 700 members in like nationwide. Uh, we have meetups um, in various cities where we have members. Uh, we do events like we did Opt Outside with REI the day after Thanksgiving, um, but finding ways to find veterans who don't normally think of themselves as veterans and then help them with sort of that the intersectionality and the, the identities. So we had a panel earlier here about um, the eras of Don't Ask, Don't Tell and what it, what it meant for people to serve under Don't Ask, Don't Tell yeah. before, during and after. And Lindsay put it very well as um, it was a fracturing of her identity to sort of put her her sexual orientation in the closet to serve and the betrayal of the LGBTQ community to do that. And now that she's out, what can she do? And so how can we help people reconcile with that? Um, and what are the ways that we can welcome more people into the veteran space? So that's that's sort of our outreach of finding people online, um, finding ways to find people who don't normally think of themselves as veterans.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Wes,
3: outreach. Yeah, so I think one of the first things we did is we realized that we had to try and catch these these guys and gals as they come through the gate. Um, so we'd work with our admissions guys and our, the admissions counselors or uh, some of the administrators and say, hey, uh, they need to come to us. Um, and what we did is there was a orientation that was offered to incoming student veterans. So it was just like an hour in length and basically what it was, what it was, it outlined how your GI bill works. You're gonna get paid on this day, this when you register for courses, that kind of thing. So we said, yeah, this isn't enough. So we scrapped that. And we said we're going to make it a full day event, and we really want to, you know, get you not only included in the university, but then also uh, get you included in the in the student chapter here, and really try and build that sense of community. So. We had a number of different people present basically all the offices from Fordham that we thought that you needed to know that you kind of overlooked. So the Office of Prestigious Scholarships. I don't know why veterans overlooked that thing, because we should be murdering uh, those prestigious scholarships. Yeah. Uh, Career services. Um, study abroad, all those things that I think student veterans just kind of overlook. We included them, and then we also include a number of veteran service organizations. So there's 41,000 uh, organizations that self-identify as a veteran service organization, and when, and when you are transitioning out, that number can be overwhelming. So we picked, the, we picked the ones that we felt were that would benefit you the most during your time right now. But where we really built that sense of community and where we facilitated that outreach is at the end of it all, we tour, where we toured them around campus, and we just went to a local bar, right off post, or right off post. Jeez, uh, <laughs> right off campus. I do it all the time. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. We went to a local bar. We sung karaoke. We had a couple of drinks. We hung out, and we just kind of showed that, hey, this is a community. We're we're friends here, you know. And while that professional development stuff is very important, and uh, you know, we're we're trying to get a job, but we're also just we're also just here to make friends, and, and you know, and. Um, that's just as much as important and the other thing that we do to get people you know to build that sense of community and I think where we're really special at Fordham is there's 465 veterans at Fordham there's almost 13,000 in New York City so whenever we host an event we open it up to NYU and Columbia and the CUNYs and and all those other schools so that they can get some of the action too because of if if one of us is winning, then we're all winning. Um, and that's really where I think we're special, and that's kind of how we've, we facilitated outreach at the FBA.
0: You guys have a good uh, relationship with Columbia?
3: Oh, I mean, we talk smack to them, but like, yeah, all right. No, no, we have we have a good relationship. <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: send an audio clip to uh, to a few up Columbia. That, no, I mean
3: they're okay. inferior, but
0: like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, Dave, how are you guys approaching outreach? You guys are young. You guys we are, are yeah. and I was just gonna
3: say, I mean, not
2: not as strong of an answer as as uh, as Cat and West, but I would say that uh, outreach for the undergraduates is what I would call a growth area at Boston College but using my business school hat, I would say our competitive advantage is for the graduate students who are interested in the MBA. What we're finding right now from our data, uh, from what we know about our student veteran population is that a lot of them are using GI Bill and they wanna get that MBA. And so our outreach is word of mouth through the officer corps uh, at that mid-career officer level who are transitioning out of active duty and they're looking to get a next degree certification an mba specialized degree in order to enter the job market so we we smother them in affection and love and attention when they are uh, contemplating a school like boston college and we get them on campus and we take them to a tailgate and i think west is spot on we try to give them a fun experience that is memorable and meaningful so we do have our tailgates and we have our hockey games and, and football games and we do that Um, I would say, though, that employers in Boston, Boston, the city of Boston, is an attractor uh, for folks who want to enter the business sector industry, and that can be financial services, it can be pharma, and so those folks that want to relocate uh, in Boston and move their family and and call Boston home, greater Boston home, uh, want that degree, and so we're outreaching to get to them to then sell BC so that they can then call Boston home and stay there.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Um, so th- the next part of that, right, is okay. Now they're in the group. Now they're right. You know, they're they're hanging out in like either the vet center or the lounge, whatever whatever or, whatever place you have where you guys organize. Uh, you would you. you um, I don't know if you have any, doing events, but we always try to do like happy hours, we try doing volunteer things, try doing like events on campus. You guys did like the flag stuff. Um, how do you get people to not only show interest in doing those things, but then follow up and actually show up? Um, and I'm I know that this is a valuable conversation for chapters to have because when I was president at American University, I asked, "Hey, we had a we had a huge issue with people actually like doing stuff. We had like meetings, and that was about it, right? And so I was like, what do you just tell me what you want to do, and I'll organize it.' And everybody said we just want to have a social happy hour. We just want to hang. This is Washington D.C. Let's just go hang out and like, okay." One of our friends, one of the people who, were, who was in the chapter was a bartender. He was like, he worked it out with his manager. They had a little area of the bar for us. He was bartending. We made a Facebook event, had everybody like, say whether they're go- 13 people decided that they were going. Zero people showed up. And when I, when I grilled every one of them, I was like, why would you say you're going? Like, oh, I thought it looked good to show that people were going. No, it only like it only looks good when people show up. And I started, and I I, tw- or I was blasting everybody over text until uh, until I had people <laughs> showing up. But I mean, it was it was it was kind of embarrassing, right? And so um, everybody has this. A lot of people have this problem. Wes, we'll start with you uh, when it comes to anything, whether it's whether it's social events or volunteer events or whatever it is that you try to do activity wise as a group. Um, what are what are some ways uh, you've? How do you get people to actually commit to the participation?
3: Yeah, so I think the first thing to acknowledge is, is that this isn't just a student veteran organization. Right. Every office in the school has this issue. Whether you are um, the entrepreneurial office at Fordham, they have a different name, but I can't remember. Um, they can't. They they buy pizza. They do, they do the writing workshops. They try and get as many students engaged, um, non you just non veteran just traditional students, and they can't do it. Yeah. Um, so I think what what I've tried to do is I try to really give them a, a reason to come and, and show value in those events. Oh, I don't think we, we can make the assumption that hey, just because you know, this is a, an event hosted by the Fordham Veterans Association, that they're just going to show up. They need a reason to show up. Yeah. Um, so we, one of the things, we kind of standardized the events that we host. Um, so we do a veteran-specific orientation, full eight-hour day. We host two information seminars on various different career paths and things like that. We host a student-veteran-specific student- internship fair, and we host a social. We do that every semester. So uh, orientation, you need to know these things to get on to, to be successful on campus. Information seminars, you, a lot of you guys said that you don't know what you want to do, these are different, you know, business professionals, and we ask, and we ask them, we take surveys, say, hey, what, what career path are you, and what uh, what are you majoring in? So if if the majority of people are majoring in finance, then we'll, we brought people in from J.P. Morgan, things like that, show that value. Internship fairs, we stress the importance, and everybody on campus stress the importance of internships as it relates to you know being a student veteran, and we've showed value is that hey, if you you can go to the career fairs that Fordham offers, but understand it's going to be a zoo. There's going to be like hundreds of people. There's going to be hundreds of people there. This is very tailored. There's only going to be maybe 100 people there, and you have all these vendors. And then the social is great because, one, we invite everyone, not just student veterans. We invite our faculty. It's really an excuse for us to you know, drink with our professors. Sure. But um, <laughs> we, we invite them, and it's fun. It's a good time. I look forward to going to the social. Last, the last social that we hosted at, like, 9 o'clock, people were dancing bachata, you know? So, I think just by demonstrating that value and giving them a genuine reason, and then also if you know, hopefully our culture and our community is is good, is you know well enough, what I'll do is I'll send a very personal letter uh, to everyone, and I'll say, "Hey, um, you know my name's Wesley like I would really it's, it's highly personal to where I really try and connect with, uh, uh, with the reader, and then sometimes I'll just sit out in, in the lobby and, and you know book a space and just sit out there and put, put my little." Fordham Veterans Association banner up and just talk to people and tell them, hey, you should come to these events. And, you know, that's kind of worked out. We still have some more work to do on that front, but that's kind of what we do.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Dave, what's your experience with uh, with this type of thing?
3: Sure. You know, a, a little bit what you
2: said, Wes, did resonate with me. And I think step one, be a good listener. So as leaders and anyone on this podcast who's listening, you know, just a good leadership is just trying to understand what the needs of the, of the, of the unit, the population, who you want to serve and how you can help them achieve their goals, right? So for us at BC, kind of a different population, I'd call them more right now, graduate students, uh, their need, their, their innate kind of inherent uh, demand right now is to be competitive in the job market and the job field, right? So what we can do to appeal to that and get veterans to activate is to talk about, uh, we have a networking event with employers, and I'll give all the credit to a, a BC graduate who is a Marine officer uh, who graduated many years ago. He started in the city of Boston a once-a-month professional networking event uh, that is, is sent out to, uh, and it's written in Courier New Font, right? This is classic, <laughs> yeah. and you get the emails like it's written on a typewriter, Courier New 12-point font. Um, and he has invited professionals from all industries across Boston and then all the schools in Boston. So on that, in that email, he'll have for Boston College, my name is hyperlinked. And for Northeastern, there's another name, BU, another name. And so if you want to be added to this list, Mike Pettit, give him credit, shout out. And I would encourage big cities that have a lot of schools to do this for your listeners on the podcast. And so that gets people to come out. They're networking in an atmosphere where they can enjoy an adult beverage if they want. And they're trading cards. They're building networks. They're building relationships. And people have been offered internships and jobs. And that's how we get to serve what they really want, under, right. under underpinning what they want. It's the power of the glass, man. Yeah, it's the power of the glass.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. and it's an idea that other other chapters can do in a big city, Philly, wherever, Chicago. Right,
0: you can do this. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Kat.
1: So uh, we we've tried the food thing. Um, one of the unique events that I was able to do um, focused around helping the next generation of leaders, so I'm a, an ROTC graduate, um, and I know a lot of um, enlisted student veterans on campus uh, tend to have negative feelings towards the, you know, the the officer cadets were kind of just running around because it's like, you're wearing a uniform and you're getting all the benefits and why are you standing on the the football sideline getting the the veteran salute when we're up in the stands, et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's a lot of hard feelings and justifiably so. There's sort of this separation between, you know, what the veterans experience and what the, the cadets are experiencing. And so um, I went to the Arnold Air Society, which is an honor society within ROTC at the University of Washington and I said, hey, how about I bring in some enlisted student veterans and we'll have them talk to your, you know, ROTC students and we'll tell you what it's really like to be in the military so that when y'all come on to active duty, you're not jerks to your, you know, senior enlisted and your junior enlisted. And they're like, Yeah, it's a great idea. So send this email and I've heard enough griping from um, the enlisted vet student veterans on campus. I was like, here's your chance to come and change the next generation. Next generation, you know, like sure. 20 or whatever, but here's your chance to impart some knowledge. Like what are the things that you see officers doing that's terrible? What's something that an officer does that makes you not, you know, want to trust them anymore? You know, what are the things maybe an officer has done that you really appreciated? And, you know, I bought pizza because that's what you do. And we had, I think six or seven um, student veterans come in from various career fields and we had, you know, 20 cadets and we had a, a good time where they actually got to talk to the enlisted because, you know, I had great NCOs when I was at my unit, um, but there's a certain level of Kool-Aid that they have to sell it. Like they, they want you to be there. They want you to commission. They want you to do all these things. And if you can just get someone to tell you straight, like, look, here's how it's going to be when you get the first day of activity, when you're a new maintenance officer, you have 50 people under you. And like one just got pulled over for DUI and the other one's over, you know, doing God knows what else. Like this is what you need to know. And how can we help you become a better officer by learning from your enlisted? So starting their process early. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. Can I add something? Yeah, of course. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So two more things I just want to add. One is a lot of veterans, we're, this is not new to us, but we want to give back to our community. So another way I get engagement at BC is a volunteer project, right? So mm-hmm. we do this 5K mm-hmm. run. It's, it's in Boston, ends in Fenway Park. It's super fun. So veterans show up for that. The other one that's more aspirational, I would say, that we're trying to get there at BC and it's on our radar, we wanna do this, is because we have more of our uh, veterans at the grad level, we actually want to establish like a mentor program. Mm-hmm. And we wanna have our graduate student veterans pair up with or mentor with yeah. an undergrad uh-huh. student veteran who, whereas your older veterans in the grad schools have a little more life experience, maybe their officer doesn't matter. Um, but they've done different things. They've got that grad degree or they're pursuing their grad degree in business or social work or whatever, um, and those undergrad students uh, have, have those goals too in their life to develop themselves professionally. And we have seen some preliminary big successes, I would say, where these grads, some of my friends here are fellow MBA students, and we have pulled in a guy I'm thinking of right now, Dominic, who uh, is an undergrad Army enlisted Uh, A student veteran in BC and he is now surrounded with five MBA students who are just giving him tons of mentorship and he's loving it and he's now and I can ask Dominic to go pull five more of his friends to our next event yeah, yep.
0: that's incredible. Great.
2: And I'll shout out to SVA because we got Dominic and our friends to go to uh, the Raytheon-sponsored um, Patriots game that oh, very SVA cool. was present nice. to oh, yeah, against Green Bay. Yeah. And Dominic was there with a bunch of our NBA, and he loved it, and he's still talking about that. That's so amazing. Th- thanks to SVA and Raytheon for that one. Yeah. yeah.
0: At a, at, uh, at American University, we we attempted to do something that was like a mixture of those two things. We we had ROTC kids. So we had we have a strong ROTC um, participation in our, our club there. And we were thinking like, well, why not have the, why not have the student veterans here? Like actually, instead of just like hanging out and being this like cursing, drinking influence on them, that actually give them some sort of like life. Uh, but of course, the, the the problem that we had was getting people to commit to the idea, right? And so it sort of happened unofficially, right? Everybody sort of had the the stu- the ROTC students that they enjoyed being around and just sort of naturally. Um, it was always interesting to see too, when we were in, we had a little veterans lounge, and in the midst of all of this like typical you know veteran banter yada yada having jokes poking fun of people we would hear our R T C students come up with like a problem they had or a life situation and immediately everybody turns into the leader that they they want to be and yeah. everybody's in it was amazing to see the whole conversation turn on a dime and become like this moment of instruction for this person and their eyes just lighting up like holy smokes like when, like all this information is uh, it's, it's, it's always impressive to see how quickly uh, people in general, veterans especially, are willing to stop what they're doing and quickly move into this mode of like, I want to make sure that you have the guidance that I can provide you to, to be a better, uh, better version of you. In 35 seconds or less, um, a goal you guys have, your chapter has going into 2019.
3: We want to completely integrate and be, and create, make Fordham a veteran inclusive campus. A veteran inclusive school is something I kind of stole from Jared Lyon. But how do we? Uh, how do we? What does veteran friendly mean? We want we want to be included, veteran inclusive. So make sure that you're getting the full Fordham University experience. The what you what you what you came what you came for. Yeah. How do you get involved, and you know get that top tier education that you're seeking?
0: Absolutely, Kat. What do you guys do in
1: 2019? Uh, hoping to make the chapter the best that it can be with um, as many students as we can so up in the engagement
0: very yeah. good dave what are we yeah, expecting at of boston college
2: bc i want to operationalize what we're learning here at this natcon because it's so many great ideas and if i can move it a baby step forward than what my predecessor made that's a win for us mm-hmm. but i want to build on veteran friendly i want to build uh, we don't have a space maybe i can set groundwork for a space we don't have that um, but I also want to build one more on this uh, workout program. We didn't have a chance to talk about, but we got uh, personal trainers to set up a workout program, and veterans can go workout for free with trainers. And you want to talk about a place where the veterans feel comfortable is in the gym. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so that's bringing veterans out of the woodwork. I want to build on that to and, and get more participation for that program.
0: Yeah, very cool. Dave Cat West, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Thanks for us. being on Born in Battle. Thank yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Give me